Hi everybody. Sorry I got started a little late here. Let me uh let me get Eric up on here. Thanks for joining me for another photography chat. This is uh episode eight. Um we're just waiting for Eric to get on the line. <laughs> What's up, JP? How you doing, man? Good to see you, Malin. Long time no see. Oh, shoot. Yeah, let's do this here. How you guys doing? What's, what's new out there in the, in the world of COVID and whatever the shit? Hello, Explordinary crew. How are you guys doing over there, Explorinary? And Barb as well. Um, Connected to mobile device. I'm happy that you're back here, JP. I'm gonna have to like, I got, I ordered some new stickers. I'm gonna have to get your mailing address and mail you some stickers for being my number one fan. Um, oh shit, you picked up a Z6? Damn. When are you in Toronto next? Well, we got to go shooting. I want to hear what you think about the Z6. I'm doing pretty good, um, Explordinary Crew. Um, I actually want to message you guys because I think it would be cool to have you on an episode uh, maybe later in October if you guys would be down for that. So, um, yeah, that'd be cool. Um, things in Toronto have been not bad. We're kind of, it was chilly for a bit, and now it's... Uh, been ramping up and uh things have been getting warm again so that's been interesting uh what's up not for sale we're just waiting for for eric to join us here um and then we'll kick off this next episode um did he get in here Word up, Paul? Yeah. Um, it feels weird being alone on here. There he is. Okay. Let's get Eric up on the chat. I'm doing good, Paul. How are you doing? Yeah. What's up, guys? No, just uh, just picking it off here. Look at the scar. Yeah, wow. dude. Yeah. Everything else you... is good though. Everything is good though. You're you're feeling good and. Yeah, yeah. Can't complain. I was trying to get this Instagram thing going on my computer, but I can't figure it out. Oh yeah, sorry. I should have let you know. It doesn't work on the computer. Um, you have to do it by phone, which has been like wicked frustrating. I would love if they would at some point let you do it off your computer. Um, oh, that'd be amazing. It would be wicked amazing, but I mean, I've, this is my eighth episode now, and um, I was always kind of, like, scared of doing, like, the blog things before because of, like, um, the editing and all that kind of shit, and Instagram makes it wicked easy because, like, literally, you just be like, I'm going on the internet now, and they're like, okay, cool, and you're like, I want to invite a friend, and it's like, neat, you can do that, and here you are. Right. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, look, there's either Daniel or Sarah from Explordinary. Yeah. What's up, guys? There. They just got back from Maine, or they were in Maine a while ago. 
Yeah, I loved all those updates that they had going on in Ming. That was uh... Oh, Jared, too, from Amarillo. What's up, Jared? Yeah. Yeah, so it's, been, it's been a lot of fun doing these things. Um, it started with Jason Moore. Um, we, were, we were fucking around on a live, like, two months ago. And um, people were like, you should do this regularly. And I was like, you know what? I kind of know a lot of photographers. I can probably find at least one a week to spend an hour with me and, you know, talk on the internet. <laughs> so, Brad. Yeah. Okay. Some Sweet. Of them able to get... Dude, what's, what's that hat you're rocking? Oh, uh, it's, um, you know, that fixed gear crew, uh, MASH SF. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's just one of their hats that they did. That's I got it for I got it for work, so I don't have to wear a hairnet. That's fair. Nah, it's mellow. It's good. It's got a little yeah. film guy on it. Yeah, I like the little film guy. Yeah. Um, Extraordinary's asking uh, how you're doing. They got both of them there. Oh, Ren. Hi, guys. Uh, I'm doing good. Uh, just uh, yeah, staying healthy, trying not to run into any more trucks uh, yeah that was gnarly but feeling better um almost 100 percent. still have like some swelling to go down still numb like here most of the most of the nose is numb uh lip is numb still and the top teeth i got a good little chip dang yeah. it's not bad Do uh, the doctor said like the numbness could could take up to a year to come back but but he said he's pretty confident it'll come back. What's up, Jana? Well, I hope the, the numbness goes away because that's, that's not a fun feeling, man. Yeah, chewing food is weird. <laughs> <laughs> I never thought about that. that yeah, that brushing your teeth but when you can't feel them, that's, that's bonkers too. Man. Yeah, I mean, when you, when you sent me those photos, I was like, holy shit, dude. That looked like gnarly. Did I send you the one with my nose like off? Yeah, yeah. You, that I was just like, oh. dude, that's the first one I opened up. I was like, sorry for sending those, dude. Like, I was, I was on painkillers, so I just was <laughs> not even thinking, just sending like gory photos of like my nose half torn off. I'm like, here, check it out. How you doing? So. Well, I, I, I think I asked. I was like, how are you doing, man? And you just like sent those, and it's like. This happened. I'll chat with you later. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I got through that, just chilling. Yeah, so they uh, they put seven plates in my face because I had facial fractures. The ones they were like, because I broke both orbital sockets Holy and then across the bridge of the nose. So this whole section was just hanging. So they put a, they like cut up in here and they put a plate here, a plate here a plate underneath this eye, a plate underneath this eye, a plate across the bridge of the nose, and one over here, like you can see the scar from it, and then another one back here, because there was a break back here too. Holy shit, dude. Yeah, that's what, uh, and then also, you know, it, it took them, it was like five hours of surgery. <laughs> well, they did and a then, fantastic job, because like, I mean, other than, other than the nose scar, you look exactly the way I remember seeing you in Tulsa. Rad, thank you. Yeah. Heck yeah. Yeah, they did they did a good job. It was pretty pretty intense. So does that mean now like when you go through airport scanners, you're always gonna like set them off or uh some of the older ones do. 
but the newer ones, not a problem. That's not so bad then. Yeah. The only bummer is like, I, I still haven't shot any photos since the accident because um, the left eye, which is my opposite eye, the viewfinder eye. Yeah. Uh, when my right eye is open, my left eye won't close all the way. So like the, the focal planes, like it's like a split image in the focal plane. So it's a little janky. Yeah. But uh, Jaren, Jason's wife, she was telling me to uh, try an eye patch. So I might, might yeah, I was going to say, maybe try an eye patch. Yeah. It's like I tried using my left eye to focus, and it's just so weird to me that I can't do it. And then you're going to look like a pirate when you're out shooting photos. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> or I just flip, you know, flip it up when I'm walking around, and then when I need to shoot yeah. something, I flip it down. Oh, Ryan Ackberg. What's up, Ryan? NorCal in the house. We got Brandy on here from Texas. Nice. Dang, man. <laughs> it's, um, well, it's cool the Extraordinary Cats are here because, like, I, I watched that Our City video recently, and, man, I really love that video. It's It was a cool video, and I really, I liked your spot, man. Like, Thanks. Uh, that, dude, that's so nice of you to say. Thank you. That was, uh, it was really quick. Like, we had, every, everybody had, like, basically a few hours and then you know daniel and sarah like they they worked their tails off because like they're the ones who had to go and meet up with everybody in that in that documentary like you know everybody only had like a certain amount of time and uh yeah they they knocked it out and they did an amazing job on it yeah it's it's fantastic i've shared it with with a ton of people that um have been asking me about like <clears throat> photography documentaries that I'd recommend to check out and um I really like just like how genuine everyone was on the spots like it was cool to hear like you know people's thoughts on like how they shoot and what they do and I really love the way you interacted with the people on the street like that was that was cool yeah I mean that was essentially my backyard for years like Skid Row Skid Row adjacent um Garment District like all of that like I was smack in the middle of it so it was uh yeah, I was got to know quite a few people, and you know, it was definitely uh, it was a good experience. That's cool, man. Yeah, well, they're um, Daniel and Sarah. Pretty much anything they touch turns to gold. Like they're the Ilford documentary, they did amazing. That um, Ilford documentary is so cool. Like I, I hit up Michael Bain after, and I was like, Michael, how do I get a golden ticket to like? See <laughs> <laughs> uh paul pena is asking uh what documentary uh that's the our city documentary i believe if you go to vimeo and uh search extraordinary there all of their documentaries are come up and uh i believe our city might still be on there yeah uh, it, correct me if i'm wrong daniel Sarah. It, it's still there i found it the other day uh paul you can also just google extraordinary our city and it should come up uh, with that it's I think it's like 30 minutes and um, it's really cool like it's uh, it's a very cool documentary and it made me really want to fly to LA but you know the world ended so we can't do that right now <laughs> <laughs> yeah I want I want to come out back out to Toronto someday like uh, I was out there twice about nine or ten years ago and uh, yeah I had a I had a fun time Dude, it's a great city for um, for photographing. The people are interesting here. There's lots of interesting stuff to see all over. Um, 
I mean, it's a big reason why I'm shooting again. Like, I don't think I would have ever gotten back to photography had I not moved here a couple years back. Like, it was a mixture of, like, moving to Toronto and then meeting Jason in Boston. That sort of set off this whole film photographic adventure, like, through Armand, because Armand and I got close in Boston, and then that, like, got me into the Policons, and then from the Policons, it just exploded and it's been the last three years has just been such a wild ride yeah jason's kind of been a catalyst for a lot of people as far as like you know getting getting back either getting back into it or getting you know getting away from whatever the you know not to like i don't have a problem with digital i think i've said it before like digital has a place but you know he, he definitely helped me break away from from digital and, and go uh strictly film yeah it's i mean digital definitely does have a place but film there there's there's something special to film like for for you what is it about film that you really love um just all the different you know the different film stocks is one thing and uh the fact that it it slows everything down yeah you know you're not just firing off you know hundreds of pictures and then going home and looking through your files and and then deleting like everything. It's like, you have to slow it down. Think about what you're shooting, you know, um, think about what you want the end effect too. Like, you know, I do a lot of, um, pushing and pulling and, um, and then depending on what I want the end effect to be, will dictate whether I process at regular speed or, process at either the pushed or pulled speed like a lot of times with um delta 3200 i'll i'll shoot it at 1600 but then i process it at 32 okay yeah so you get it kind of just brings out like some shadow detail a little bit things like that not a lot like not as much as like when jay Ravel does like you know he'll he'll stop down 3200 like all the way down to 100 Holy shit. And yeah, for look, for like his night photos. And then he'll process it, it at 3200 still? Or? No, he's he'll process it at 100. Okay. So he'll pull it to 100, shoot it as if it's a 100-speed film. So he's doing crazy long exposures. And then he'll process it at 100 also. Damn. So it really brings out like the detail and the shadows. You're not, you know, the whereas like if you shot it at 3200 and you process it at 3200, you're going to lose a lot of that detail. Like a lot of the blacks get really stepped on. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, you lose different things where there could be like some cool stuff, like whether it's like leaves, grass, you know, depending on like just, just going off of what, like what Jay shoots, you know, he shoots a lot of different like houses and parks and things like that at, at night and like landscapes and stuff. So you, um, yeah, you're losing a lot of detail when you, when you're shooting box speed. So when you stop it down that far and then process it at that speed that you shot it at, it brings it. Uh, Barb, Barb has a question there. What does that do to the grain? Uh, it depends on the, on the film stock. Uh, but most of the time it, it, you know, cause I think he shoots HP five a lot, which is inherently a, a grainier film anyway, but he, I know he's been shooting Delta lately, which is a super smooth grain. So you, 
you know, it's not like digital where if you shoot at a higher ISO, you get like that noise in there. Yeah. It, it kind of does the opposite. It smooths it out a little bit. Nice. And Paul says he has a lot to learn about the development process. I mean, Paul, now's your time. If you have any questions, you know, you've got um, Eric on the line here. You can, you know, for anyone, you know, this is a, you know, the photography chats are an open forum. So if you have questions, feel free to fire them in the chat window. I'll answer as best as I can. That's fair. Um, Paul is asking different developers also have an effect, correct? Yeah. Um, I know. Jay, sometimes we use Kapanol. Okay. Uh, so he'll, um, but yeah, different different developers will have different effects. Um, uh, Jay would definitely be more of a person to talk to about the different, because he uses a, all kinds of different, I know he just has like the, uh, what is it, the darkroom cookbook or, or whatever that, uh, uh, I think it's the darkroom cookbook, but basically it has all the different okay. different things you can do with different developers and stuff like that. That was uh, Jay Ravel, you said? Yes. Okay. I'll Jay Ravel, straight out of Japan. Um, Brandy is asking if Weasel has a favorite camera and or film stock. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, is, is, <laughs> man, no, I don't know. He, it seems like he knows when I'm trying to take a photo of him because he'll uh, all of a sudden he gets really happy and really excited and and uh, but I would say probably any Polaroid format was was always his go-to. Nice. I, I could I could see Weasel being a Polaroid guy. Yeah, particularly like the the Landcam 250, you know, the old peel, the ones that shoot the peel apart, the pack film. I I've got a 250. It's my favorite one. I, yeah, uh, same here. I wish I had friggin' film for it still. I still. Oh, what's up, Claire? Long time no see. I mean, hey, David, thanks for joining. Um, I still have like a small stash of FP100 that I've been sitting on for a while. I thought about selling it because like it's so crazy expensive, but then I'm like, if I ever want to shoot it again, I'm not going to buy it at the prices it's at right now. Oh, yeah. So, I used to get 3000B at Freestyle for $9 a box. <laughs> man think about that one <laughs> well, this this is what it kind of sucks for me because like i only got into film in like the last three and a half years um so like when i started getting into it i think it, fp was still like 30 40 bucks a box um but i found a bunch of it on kijiji it's like our version of craigslist in canada um i found a bunch of people like offloading some like expired shit so i like just went on a tear like buying all of the expired stuff i can and that's what i've been saying. i think it's all expired now isn't it well yeah it's a, the the last production run was like late 2018 or something um so even the stuff that they're selling is like new and fresh in in any photo places that have it is from 2018 um but i've shot some like stuff from 20 2004 that's been fine um, like the colors look fantastic in it. FP100 though I've noticed has like that weird sort of like chemical burn partway through it. it. I just can't get away from it with the FP100 uh, B. But the FP3000 is always like. Are so you store Are you storing it too cold? Maybe. Um, I'm not sure. I, they're just in my fridge, and I've got it set like not super chilly in there, so maybe it's too cold. 
maybe the person I had it before me didn't uh, didn't store it right. Possibly because the the all the FP one hundred B is from like the same dude. Um, mm. but it's yeah. I mean, I call I call it unicorn tears because like every time you pull it out of the thing, it's just like one less tear in the unicorn. <laughs> <laughs> uh oh, Jared, get yourself a a camera that shoots peel apart film. Don't be scared. Yeah, dude, just try it. At least a couple packs. Yeah, for sure. It's fun. And the the Super Sense stuff is actually not bad. I've been shooting a bunch of that in the one instant. It's really beautiful. Um, I I like it. Like a lot of people were sort of like shitting on it because the uh, positive is an expired twenty by twenty four. So the colors do like it does look like an expired um, photo because it is technically expired, even though it's a new negative and, and developer. Um, but it's beautiful, and I really want to see like where they take that, and possibly maybe they can get the cost down. And but I mean that's still an alternative if you're wanting to get into uh, pack film cameras to you know have something that you can still shoot. Uh, Paul's asking if we're planning on getting into the new four by five back for lomography. I'm curious about it. Hi, cat. Uh... I don't know. I haven't. I haven't decided yet. I mean, it looks interesting. We'll see. I. I mean, I definitely want to wait a little bit because, like, even like the, the new Type Fifty Five, you know, they're doing. Uh, they had like, that weird, type, like they were redoing Type Fifty Five, but yeah, it was like a, it was like a two-step process instead of a one-step. You know, like normal process. Yeah, because you still have you have to fix the you have to right you have to yeah you have to around. you have to carry around some fixer with you yeah but I think they did like a stage two of it where now you don't have to use fixer but okay. I still I still haven't heard anything about it yeah I haven't I haven't tried that but I did hear that they also brought back um, like single shot like Portra and Ektar and stuff too which that was kind of cool like they they made like a version of Ready Load kind of really yeah damn right that i guess i gotta stop watching dodger games and uh <laughs> pay attention yeah i got excited about that because like man i love ready load um yeah it's i, I did a tour of the kodak factory last year and that was like one of my first questions when the guy's like does anyone have questions about kodak i'm like when are you bringing ready load back and <laughs> He's like, yeah, Jason was already here earlier this year and grilled a bunch of dudes about that. So, you know, let's not talk about ready load. Yeah, I think he shot like all of the ready load he had left for the the Oklahoma book. Oh, shit. Like the one, the show we were in Oklahoma for. Yeah. Yeah, I think, I think the last of his ready load was shot all going into that book. Yeah. That was a cool exhibit. I really liked uh, I really like those photos, and I'm looking forward to the book. Yeah, the new book will be good. Yeah, yeah, he's and I, I saw that Raymond's working on a Polaroid book. That's going to be exciting. Yeah, Ray Ray stuff's amazing. Like all, I've seen some of his his Time Zero stuff, and like just. 
it's all spectacular. Like the stuff from when he was traveling for was you know for skateboarding and stuff. Like yeah. some of that stuff's gnarly. Like he did a he did a print release a while back, and uh, it was a limited run of prints. And he did a it was a diptych, and it was in in Brazil. Like these guys would come along the boat, like they were on this boat for x amount of days, and these guys mm -hmm. would come up, and he did a diptych of it and sold you know just made it into one print instead of the two oh what's up dude what's up brian good to see theory with brian here and jason what's up mighty peril oh, look at this guy Weasel. hi buddy oh. <laughs> what up who's that that's awesome <laughs> hey buddy how's it going weasel who's that weasel it's <laughs> <laughs> it cool that he graced us with his appearance. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> easy, easy killer. Do you have um? Do you have any projects or like any books that you're planning on working on? Or uh, I had a few lined up that I was going to do. There's um, one. Oh. There was one that I was going to do that I was actually going to release in the spring. Uh, but the, um, the, uh, the racetrack that I was shooting the photos at, cause it was all, all surrounding the Santa Anita horse track. Okay. So, uh, um, yeah, the, uh, the track closed down. So I had to put that one on hold. And then there's another one of, uh, air raid sirens that i was that i was working on yeah i remember i think i saw some stories that you were posting on that one yeah i did that and uh is that ben so yeah i gotta finish shooting that and then there's a, a third one that i'm work that uh the concept is already there it's just a matter of going out and shooting the concept now nice so essentially i had three in the works but that all just fell through as soon as uh COVID decided to just ruin everybody's party <laughs> so what is like what's the COVID experience been like for you so far I mean everyone's had their sort of take on it but like yeah uh it's flipping sucked <laughs> um, you know just just be uh just to be on the safe side, I didn't go anywhere for months. Yeah. And uh, I wasn't working at the time when it all, when it all like unfolded or I was working, but then like, as soon as the, the first shutdown happened, the guy I was working for, he said, yeah, we're not gonna, we're not gonna reopen. And that was after like a month and a half. So I was just like freaking out. Yeah. And uh, then like mid May, I got another job with a, a friend's company and thankfully i just that's actually kept me sane like you know just going and because i still like you know there's things open like you can go eat at restaurants outside and stuff like that but it's like yeah no nah, i'm good if i do if i do that i'll just get food to go and then and uh, either eat it in my car or come back to the house yeah i've been doing a lot of a lot of takeout in the new world or cooking at home Big time. 
the uh, the work thing is. I didn't realize like how important having a job was for like sanity until like I wasn't allowed to work after the accident. So I can I can get like why you're stoked to be back at work right now because I'm kind of losing my mind not being allowed to work right now. Which is like part of the reason why I started doing these like chats and stuff is just to like have something to be disciplined about a bit and keep some sanity. Gotcha. Yeah. So it's been. Brandy says hashtag understatement. <laughs> 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 yeah, I mean, I'm bummed about COVID because, like, um, if if it hadn't happened, like, I'd be in Texas for today. Yeah, I mean, you were at one point. You were talking about coming out. Uh, I know a friend of yours was talking about coming out. Uh, Jared on here, he was actually talking about coming out. So there was like a lot of people lined up like in the spring to come out, and yeah. you know, spring into the early summer. And that like once that all happened, it was just done. Yeah, like because Ray, yeah, Raywin was gonna head out there. Um, I wanted to go down there to like you know visit a bunch of people. Um, and it was, it was weird. Cause like I did go to California in February for the Policon 4.5, the Bay area one. Um, and that was like, that's the last trip I took because like, that was, we like the, the morning I left was like that evening they shut San Francisco down. And that was like, that was such a weird experience being in San Francisco, like leading up to the shutdown, like watching that city like clothes it was fucked up man oh yeah like daniel and sarah they were uh they were in nepal and like they had to come they were coming back like right as everything was happening damn yeah that's right i remember seeing their nepal posts and stuff and like oh um jason's got a question here when it comes to planning for a book or zine what comes first the concept or the locale do you visit a place and then come away later thinking, Hey, this might be cool. Um, it's different for everybody. I think, I mean, uh, for me personally, um, you know, if I have content, I'll go, I'll go off of that and, uh, just play it from there. If, uh, but that, like the, the third book I was talking about, like, that's definitely a, um, that's a, uh, that's a concept first type situation then it's just a matter of going out and and uh shooting the content nice that's a great question and jared says he still has his plane ticket on hold good call yeah i mean i i was half tempted because <clears throat> they were talking about opening the border up september 21st of just saying like fuck it and flying down to Texas because Policon is this weekend and um, you know if things were different I'd be in Texas right now eating Tex-Mex with Armand like right this moment right you know but I'm in Toronto um, not eating Tex-Mex so that's yeah. alright Tex-Mex isn't going anywhere no it's not it's not and you know neither's Denton and you know Hopefully everyone stays safe and like stays staying and healthy so that, you know, we can all see each other in the future. Like that's, 
that's the only thing that like worries me so much lately is like just seeing how crazy shit's been going in the states and it just makes me worried for all my homies down there or it's just like god damn like i know most of my friends are super responsible and it just sucks that they have to be around a bunch of irresponsible people in such a crazy time yeah it's a it's a little frustrating but at, at the same time like you know you can't let it wear you down and you know it's not going to stay like that forever you know fingers crossed but yeah fingers um, crossed. you know you just gotta gotta stay positive and just keep doing your thing and like you know like we were talking earlier like having a routine like even even if i wasn't working i would still have like a daily routine like because even like i'm on my days off when i'm not working i still you know i'm up at six i take weasel out by seven I, you know make breakfast I, you know depending on what i have lined up that day i'll either um you know, ride the bike, you know, things like that. Um, do take care of all my chores and shit like that. And then, uh, you know, I try and eat the same time every day. Uh, and then the afternoons, you know, I eat by like five thirty or six, don't eat after anything after seven. Yeah. Usually like six, I take weasel for a walk. We'll walk like five, six miles and uh come home wind down the night do it all over like you know just gotta have like uh just a routine so you don't get distracted yeah that's a good call because it's it is really easy to get sucked into like just the i guess the drama of like everything that's going on and um a routine, a routine would be like really helpful with avoiding that. Kaz says having pets helps a daily routine, uh, regular. Yeah. Oh yeah, big time. <clears throat> big time. Well, Definitely. She, she's got. She has a mighty. She has a mighty boy. Um, he's a hundred and fifty pound, uh, lab and uh, Dane. Well, he's a big boy. <laughs> I love that guy. His name's Onus. Um, yeah. Brandy says the black hole of depression. Yeah, it's it's hard to avoid the black hole of depression. And like Jared said, we'd be crying at a Waffle House right now. I mean, we'll do that in the future. We'll definitely go have a cry in a Waffle House one day, man. I like how a lot of times uh, the, the W is always out in the Waffle House signs at night. <laughs> the Waffle House. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, that's funny. <laughs> I mean, that, that's one of the things I really miss in the old world is just like sitting in diners with like a pal, just having some coffee and like chatting, scheming, talking about the world and things and like, you know, miss that kind of stuff. Oh, yeah. Yeah, diners, like just going out for it, like sitting down and having a meal with, yeah. with, you know, with a friend and, you know, that's, uh, hopefully someday. Yeah. And, you know, maybe 2021. How's, uh, like getting back to Toronto for a second, like, yeah. how's Chinatown? Like you get, like you guys have one of the largest Chinatowns that I've ever, I think yours is bigger than New York, right? Um, I'm not sure if it's bigger than New York, but yeah, it is, it is a, a quite a big 
Chinatown. We've got two of them too. There's like the the Chinatown downtown, and then there's like an old Chinatown that's a little bit smaller, but also really interesting. And yeah, Brian, there's ice cream sandwiches in San Francisco. I still fucking think about those, dude. That was a that was a good time. Oh, did you guys? Uh, it's it. Did you guys get those? Uh, it, they were like the they're made locally there. Um, fuck, I can't remember the name of them now. But they were like it was like oatmeal cookies with like ice cream in them and they were just because brian and mary we we all shared a hostel we stayed at the green tortoise in like the stripper district and i fucking love that place like if you're ever in san francisco that's like one of the best places to stay because like you get a private room there for like super cheap and um the area is like really cool there's lots of like nice restaurants and like lots of color for like shooting photos there um but yeah, the Chinatown here, it's still pretty vibrant. Um, it it fared pretty well in the COVID times. Like a lot of other parts of town had a lot of businesses shutting down, but like Chinatown still did pretty good. Um, it's still like super vibrant. Like it's, it's almost a little sketchy a little bit. Um, well, yeah, Kat sees a lot more of it. She lives in, like, the Chinatown area, and there are a lot of businesses suffering. There's a lot of... Yeah, she's right there. There there was a lot of race, racism and xenophobia against the Asian community when COVID was, like, really taking off. Damn. Um, yeah, it was brutal. Like, there was a lot of, lot of bad stuff with that when, when COVID first started, especially because, like, that whole, like, it came from China thing, and that was really... That was really fucked up to watch because it's just like, just because these people are Asian doesn't mean they have coronavirus. Like, that's a weird... Or did they have anything to do with it? Yeah. Like, that was like a... That was super upsetting to, like, see that shit go down. And just the abuse that a lot of people have, like, when they go into stores, like, there's a lot of people that fight about, like, having to wear their masks in stores. And there's been a lot of violence towards um a lot of the shopkeepers in chinatown and like other parts of town went like enforcing the the mask stuff which i mean if you're it's just it seems stupid that people are still fighting about like having to wear a fucking mask this far into the pandemic like just wear it right like it's you know um, yeah those people that have like no comment oh i mean whatever like whatever their problem is like maybe they have an internal head injury i don't know but like they you know they just because they don't know anybody that's had it they're like oh it's fake or whatever it's like come on well and and cat made a good point too that it also happened during sars in 2003 and people that were there then said it was similar um to the sars stuff but worse this time around oh wow which i mean like, like that's one thing that's and I, I've talked about this, um, you know, with a lot of friends, but I don't think I've talked about it on any of the lives, but um, Canada is a really racist country. We just have a good marketing team. Um, <laughs> like it's in, in some ways I personally find I've had more racist experience in Canada than I have traveling the U S um, and that's been like a, a weird thing for me to learn that like the country I call home and grew up in and live in is actually a very like ugly, toxic place. Um, like we have 
just brutal atrocities that are still happening like right now where like you have, you have people living in third world conditions that the government should be taking care of that um they're they're not and it's just being like really hidden and um then anytime it comes up it's like oh well it's just because like you know the first nations people are like drunks or drug addicts and stuff like that and that's why they live in such squalor and it's like well no they are living in squalor because the government that's supposed to take care of them is not taking care of them um and just like making up excuses for it so yeah canada is like it's kind of a fucked up place too someone like they call it maple washing so like you know canada's been very like maple washed over and so a lot of people outside of canada think of it as this like sort of socialist utopia where everything is cool and everything is good um but it really isn't and like i've seen it firsthand like i've done work with first nations communities and i've lived in a lot of small towns um when i was growing up and stuff and like i've seen i've seen how bad canada can be and um it's really disappointing that that it's like that damn that's a bummer yeah it, it kind of is so but we have less COVID here because we have less people. <laughs> That's good. I think um, the the total population of Canada is less than that of California. Holy shit. Yeah. That's yeah. gnarly. Well, and it is kind of wild when you think about that because, like, Canada, for such a big geographic space, is actually a very small small country um i think we're like just maybe 34 uh, million people something like Damn. that yeah like toronto is like one of the like the greater toronto area is like one of the largest population densities um here i think it's about six and a half or seven million people um and like the toronto proper area is about four million people damn yeah and then That's it gets great. smaller once you get out of there like i think like montreal is like one or two maybe vancouver is like one and a half um and calgary is like one so it's like it's all pretty small and then all of our population is really based along the u.s border 30 it's 38 million okay so it's gone up since the last time i checked but that's still pretty small um but most of it's all along the U.S. border. So there's, like, large swaths of provinces that are, like, relatively empty. Um, so it's it's interesting. Like, Canada, is a, it's an interesting country. And it's cool to explore those, those areas. Like, when I drove across Canada when I moved to Toronto, I wish I had more time to explore, um, explore more of it because, like, it would have been cool to, like, photograph that kind of stuff. But I wasn't shooting at that time, so I missed out on it. Uh, Jared asks if you have any camera stock changes lately or the same old goodies. Nah, just kind of running with the same stuff. I mean, I've been shooting like um, uh, really uh, retro 400s. Been shooting that a little more. Um, the deltas, I still shoot a lot. All speeds of delta. Um, but yeah, the same cameras like. Just keeping it going. Brian says that I should start my own city called Merland. <laughs> oh, yeah, there you go. 
Um, maybe one day. I don't know. I got to get over this concussion first because I can't even use Lightroom right now. Um, and Jason asks, what's your go-to never give up camera? Uh, man. My little uh, Minolta X7A that I've been shooting for a while now. Nice. That's, you know, I got a 28 millimeter uh, 2.8 on it. Um, uh, plus it has a, a, a advanced motor, so that's about it. I'd have to say my, my go-to never get rid of camera is my, my chunky boy F5. Oh, I have one of those. You rock an F5 too? I have one. Yeah, it doesn't work right now. The I think the contacts on my on the lens are bad because uh, when I turn it on, it says some it says something about the contacts not. Uh, yeah. So I don't know. I just gotta either stop being lazy and like clean off the the contacts or have somebody. Uh, I I've, I've read about that what you should try is like a pencil eraser. Apparently if you get like a pencil eraser and just run it along the contacts, that should, oh, okay. that should clean it up and it should get rid of that air that you're getting. Yeah. Cause when I was, when I was shooting with that thing, I loved it, man. Dude, for street fun. photography, it's my favorite because like the autofocus is super good. I like the weight because it helps me be a little more stable, especially when I'm doing like nighttime shots with it. Like I could do a 15th with it handheld for the most part. Um, but what I really like for street photography is like, if someone tries to fuck with me, I can clock them with this thing and still take pictures. Oh yeah. You can use that thing as a mallet. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's a tough bastard. I love that. You can camera. use that thing. You can drive nails and build a skate ramp with that thing. <laughs> You probably could, right? It's a hell of a camera. Definitely. What's um what's your favorite stock that you like to shoot with? Uh I like deltas. I mean I'm obviously like if I could have something back it would be it would be three thousand B, but Yeah. Um or even time you know, time zero. That was Oh man, I wish there was more time zero or type fifty five. I love it. Yeah, type fifty yeah. Type 55, that was beautiful. That was a great film. What about for color? What's your favorite color stock? Uh, I like Pro 400H. I like, uh, you know, the portraits are good. Yeah. You know, portraits are nice. It's a, but yeah, I don't shoot color too often. I mean, I, I start, I shot some color on the, those road trips I did last year with, with Jason. Yeah. And I was shooting some color on that stuff, but even so, it's not something I go to regularly. It's just, uh, I don't know. I, I just like black and white better. See? Just like black and white? Jason's got a question here for you. Do you have any personal rules for street shooting, like lines you won't cross? Uh, yeah, I mean, it's... Uh, yeah, you just have to be mindful of your surroundings. And, uh, you know be respectful and don't um, don't encroach on somebody's personal space unless it's somebody you know and like have a, some sort of relationship you know I I, I lived you know next to Skid Row for, for years and I would go in and 
and pass out socks to the homeless. And I think for the first year and a half or two years, I never took a camera with me. It wasn't until like some of the, the locals, the residents there that were living on the street were like, were okay with me coming around. And like, I actually made friends with some of them and uh, they're still like, I'll still go check up on them. You know, nowadays, like even with everything that's going on, I'll still drive around until I find them and see what they're doing. See, make sure they're still doing good. But uh, yeah, I just, you know, for, for a long time, I wouldn't take a camera over there. I would just, uh, but once they were comfortable with me being around and things like that, I, I definitely made a point to ask like, Hey, do you mind if I bring a camera with me next time? And everybody was pretty cool about it. The ones that said, nah, I was, I just didn't, I just left it in the bag. I, I can feel that for sure. Like my, my personal rule, like myself when I'm doing street shooting is that if I look in the viewfinder and it feels too intimate without knowing that person or asking for permission, I won't take the shot because I, I don't want to like violate someone's space or something. Or if it's like yeah. something that I really want to get a picture of, I'll ask him like, Hey, like I do, street photography like i liked what you're doing like before i interrupted you do you mind if you just kind of act like i didn't interrupt you and let me take your picture <laughs> gotcha and sometimes they're cool about that um and jared says that he's still stoked on the color tupamkari print that he got from you it makes it even better that you rarely shoot color oh right thanks like that uh that empty pool like in the old abandoned hotel that was motel that was that was fun. But yeah, I'm stoked you got that. I don't even think I have one of those left. I need to. Really? Yeah, I think I need to. I wanted to print a big one, but right when I was getting ready to have the negative scan so I could print a big one like that one behind me that's like 24 by 36. Yeah. Um, yeah, I wanted to print one that big. But uh, yeah, COVID happened right when I was planning to get the negative scan. So. Well, I mean, I I have a surprise that you'll still get in the mail sometime, but like COVID kind of fucked up that plan because <clears throat> I went and shot a bunch of stuff that I was going to print for you, but then COVID happened and I couldn't get in the dark room. So I have all these negs that I'm waiting to be able to get in the dark room so I can go print up some, some stuff to mail down to you. Nice. Thank you. No problem, man. Stuff. Yeah, I'm... I'm stoked to print them. I miss printing in the dark room so much. Like, yeah. Yeah, I, I wish my apartment was like a tiny bit bigger so that I could have my own my own printing space here. But when the world does open up again and we're all allowed to travel, I mean, you always got a place to stay here in Toronto. Um, be happy to like show you around and show you some cool spots and like, you know, lots of food places that are sweet to check out here. Like, Nice. Heck yeah. Thank you. Yeah, no problem, man. Like, I mean, also to anyone that's like on the, on the chat, like if you're ever in Toronto, hit me up. I love, I love exploring and showing people like the cool places I've discovered. Um, and it's just, it's been a lot of fun, like sharing that with people and like seeing them get all stoked about places that I like and then they get stoked and tell their friends about it. So it's nice to share. Heck yeah. What do you got planned up for the future? Um, I got a Polaroid 
workshop that I'm doing next weekend, hopefully. We'll see. I was supposed to do it in March, but it's like an introduction to film, like in instant film photography. Um, and in the first iteration before the world ended, it was supposed to be 10 people and I was going to have like 10 different instant film cameras and I wanted everyone to rotate through them and try each like, so Instax, Mini, Instax Square, Instax Wide, Spectra, um, and then like an SX-70, SLR-680 and like, you know, just so everyone can like play with all the different instant film cameras. Um, but obviously swapping cameras around with a group of people is probably not a very COVID safe exercise. Um, so the new version of it is limited to eight people. Um, everyone's just going to get a box camera and two packs of film, color and black and white. Um, it'll be like a sort of brief dive into like how instant film came to be and like a bit of the history of Polaroid. And like, I'll have some of the other funky cameras there so that they could check them out and like, pop up a few pictures so that they can have them and then do like a, a walk through Chinatown uh, but like masks gloves like the the whole thing um, and if you're not feeling good then can't come kind of thing so that's next weekend and then Lomography um, sent me a couple of um, their reusable disposable cameras which look really fucking cool they sent me a couple of those loaded with Metropolis and um I'm doing a giveaway right now on my Instagram to do like a photo walk with two people in Toronto in later in October. Um, shoot the cameras, I'll get the film developed. And then Lomography wants to like hear from them, like what they thought about the experience with the cameras and how they liked the Metropolis film. And then that's going to end up in an issue of uh, the Lomography online magazine, which is going to be like kind of cool. Um, stoked on that and then i've been helping a friend with a film collective that she's got called northern film collective and um she's working on building a book of canadian film photography um so we just closed submissions for that last month and we got about um 60 people submitted photos in for that and her idea with it is she wants to do like a yearly annual of Canadian film photography and Canadian film photographers. Um, so this will be like the first uh, volume of it. And then throughout the year, she wants to do like different themed zines and like, you know, small, small release books kind of thing. So um, I've been helping her with that, like doing admin stuff and helping curate the um, the page so that she can focus on the book now that we've got all the submissions. So she's working on like layout and design with that right now. And that's been pretty cool. So it's it's nice having like those things since I'm not allowed to work and I'm losing my mind. It's been kind of nice to have some other stuff to uh, keep myself a little busy with within reason. Like it's still tough because like I hit the bumpers of like what I'm capable of with my brain being the way it is at the moment, which has been like wicked frustrating. Cause it's like, I know I should be able to do more, but I can't, but uh, that's what's been going on right now for the most part. Damn. That's cool. It sounds, I mean, at least you got some stuff to keep you, uh, keep you occupied. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's weird. Cause like I have all this time that I never had before and I'm like, fuck yeah. Like I can work on these like book projects I've been thinking of, but then it's like, my brain's not cooperative with that kind of stuff. So it's like, I have all this time, but I don't have a lot of, uh, uh, um, sorry, 
I don't have I don't have a lot of ability. So that's been that's been frustrating. Um sorry about that. My, my speech fucks up sometimes. All good. Uh Aaron Lopez is on here. Hey Aaron, a how's it going? AKA Slopez. What <laughs> up? Um Nah, man. Oh, shit. Jared's like, I don't want to come to Canada. It's racist. <laughs> and I'd love to have the Extraordinary crew up here. I'd love to have you guys up here one day. That'd be wicked awesome. That'd be fun. Yeah, it's been... Well, and then also doing the, the these, like, live chats has been cool. Like, I've um, been, like, I can't believe it's been two months of them now. And I've got, like, most of October booked up uh like uh dave rollins is joining next week um and then after that pete um he's gonna be joining in the guy that bought jason's lincoln oh nice yeah he's gonna talk about his uh his adventure with um driving it from california to to massachusetts gnarly yeah so I'm, i'm looking forward to that episode um it's been cool that like, you know, people have been digging these things and, you know, people want to take some time to, you know, shoot the shit with me about random stuff. I, I really appreciate you like joining in, man. It's been. Oh, dude. Thanks. Thanks for asking. I'm stoked. Armand, thank you for the kind words, my friend. I miss Armand. That guy's the shit. Heck yeah. I'm in, I'm in, uh, I'm in his boat, like, uh, looking, looking all different now. Yeah. Yeah, dude. Well, it's crazy. Like, the first time I met Armand in Boston, it was a different dude that I went and saw in Texas. Yeah. (laughs) It kind of blew my mind. Dude, healthy living, it it does wonders. Yeah, I got to get on that wagon. Jason Jason gave me a bunch of, like, nutritional advice to help with the concussion stuff that I started doing about 10 days ago. Um, So... We'll see. We'll see how that stuff works out. Cause, um, yeah, the traditional medicine stuff has been like really slow going right now. So, we'll give that stuff a shot. Heck yeah, yeah, it's good stuff. Yeah, uh, Jason helped me out with some with some stuff uh, with uh, uh, a while back, and it's it's worked wonders, man. It's, uh, awesome. it's helped me out for sure. Yeah, I mean, it's the, the film photography community has just really blown my mind for like how how welcoming and amazing the people are inside of it, and just like how dope of a community is you part of. Like, you know, everyone's just like super friendly and awesome. But uh, we're coming up on the last minute of the photography chat, so you know, again, Eric, thank you so much. I appreciate you taking the time. Everyone on the the chat, thank you for tuning in. Like, fucking love you guys. Like, you know, it's, it's thanks everyone. It's rad that you come like spend this time every Thursday uh, with with me and, and my guests. And uh, thank you, Weasel, for you know making an appearance and gracing us all. You know, he, was, he says thanks. I got I got to re up on some Weasel stickers. Yeah, let me know where I can order those things. I uh, just. I don't know if I have your address still. Just send me your address. I'll I'll send you some. Where Daniel actually did a rad one. Like uh, he did um, uh, he did an illustration of Weasel, and 
Is, uh, Dude, I love that one. That's the best one. That's All based right, off an actual class. photo too. He went, he went as, uh, he went as Elvis for one Halloween. That's dope. We're gonna lose the live, but love you guys. Thank and you then, so uh, much.